and we're live. Hey, yo. Ah, hello. What up, fermented folks? Welcome to another episode of Fermented Fiction. We're here for another cold, chilly December week, unless you live somewhere that's not cold and chilly, in which case I guess it's summertime. Happy summer. Uh, enjoy a nice, warm cerveza as you listen to us talk to you about this new book slash show slash movie this week it's going to be what i've just decided that every intro is going to be you like actually being professional and me just being chaotic that's fine do you want to try being the professional one no are you you chaotic neutral or chaotic evil that's colin why can't i be chaotic good colin you can be Hmm? do it thumb doesn't stretch in yeah chaotic good is a is a type you yeah. know, you can you it can be that. It's like good, but not helpful. I have to typecast. It's not helpful, just like this intro. If you've <laughs> never watched Fermented Fiction before, hey, zing. If you've never watched Fermented Fiction, here you are. This is what it is. Uh, if you want to leave, we completely understand, because this show is bullshit. Uh, if you don't, though, you're one of our people. Uh, I'm Clay Vermullum. That's my brother, Travis. Over here we got Colin and we got Jeremy. They're our tech people slash co-hosts. They're doing all the real work. Travis and I are just showing up here to be pretty. And uh, we're going to do that. Which we are. But, you know. No, we're not good. I didn't say we're good at it. We're <laughs> we're just here to do it. You know what I'm saying? You're giving it your all. What's underneath the hat? Baldness. <laughs> yeah. Looks like that. All the way back, baby. I'm going to be there soon. So I can't say too much. Yeah, well, um, we'll see. You know, only time will tell. So uh, th- this week uh, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to give a quick update, and then we're going to go ahead and jump right into the story. Uh, this week we're going to cover The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe, the first book in the Chronicles of Narnia. If you're unfamiliar, mm-hmm. there's movies, there's books, there's audiobooks. It's a classic by C.S. Lewis, classic fantasy novel series. And uh, you you could go check it out if you want. Uh, we'll tell you what we think written. about it as we go. First book written, second chronologically. Boom. I didn't know it was a second chronologically. What's the first one chronologically? The Magician's Nephew is technically the first chronologically. Nerd. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about the second book in the Chronicles of Narnia, apparently. First book Probably. written. Um... <laughs> Travis, what's an update? Um, oh, this is this is hard. This is gonna hurt. Okay. It's gonna hurt. Everybody prepare to be empathetic. So I've been I've been going to you know every every time I go to bars now I just say dealer's choice. I, I, I'm I'm exploring. I'm I'm branching out my beer palette. Ah. They give me a lot of IPAs, okay? And you know I. They would. I like them. I like them now, and it. Uh, I don't. No. Oh. That's official. You're saying you like IPAs? Yeah, I think I need to sell the Subaru, or else <laughs> I'll just be too far. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've gone far. You've gone far now. I mean, I'm gonna come outside, and there's gonna just randomly have sprouted one of those um, coexist stickers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guarantee it's already there. I'd, I'd be very surprised if it's not. You have a roof nest, too, so, like, you yeah, do that, that whole thing. Sure it was. 
I don't use they, the roof nest for camping in my defense. I use it for weddings, you know? You just park, it's right there, bed, top of car. Beat in the system. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I mean, what's an update in your life? Uh, my big thing I got going on right now, I got my uh, crevasse book tour was uh, going on in November. Yeah, I got this here. Boop -a -doop -a -doop -a -doop. Got lots of new reviews. Um, still coming in, still coming in with lots of good reviews. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't read my book crevasse yet, and you like to read horror books, uh, maybe horror and or adventure books, go check it out. It's got lots of good reviews. But where can they find it? You can find it at ClaverMullenFiction.com. I'll link it in the description of this episode. But We're not going to do that. Wait, you're telling me we shouldn't give the the Bezos machine money? I mean, yeah, that's where the link will take you. <laughs> <laughs> but you should go to my website first and click on it there. Liar. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm not lying. It's... On my website. Affiliate links. Yeah, yeah. it's an affiliate Click link. But you link. know, the clicks are good. The Click clicks on the are link. good. It'll help the show. The clicks are good. And put a billionaire in a dick-shaped rocket. That's right. And he's gonna get to that rocket whether you buy my book or not. My book is a very small measure. <laughs> it's a very small part of this Completely considered. inconsequential. Um, so yeah, Sir, we cannot it. we can't afford the third shaped rocket. Why? We need seven dollars and ninety-nine more cents. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So go buy crevasse, get uh get him off this planet, Emperor Bezos into the rocket. Then he's not on Earth anymore. <laughs> then he's That's the biggest kid in space. He's franchising. <laughs> yeah. He can have Mars. Multiplanetary. Now, go get it. Go have Mars, bud. Like, go for it. I, 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 I root for him. What? Never mind. Elon is the dick-shaped rocket, not no. Bezos. No, no, no Bezos, has, Bezos, Bezos is the most dick-shaped rocket. Bezos is the dick-shaped rocket, but Elon's the one obsessed with Mars. He's further. Oh, okay. Bezos doesn't care about Mars? He just cares about dicks in space. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, let's get him out there. Let's get him out there, and you can do that by buying crevasse on Amazon. But you know, get to it by clicking the link on my website because it's good for the algorithm. In space. In space. In space. In space. In space. Call it. No, I'm not gonna get into this. Call it. In space. Call it. In space. Let's go. Call. Oh, bud. You can do it. Don't you like to put your hand in the? In space. In space. <laughs> All right. God, God, my God. And if you don't get that reference, go watch the last episode about Fairy Tale by Stephen King. All right. This week. We'll release these in order this time. We're talking about the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Jeremy. What? Nobody asked for you. What? <laughs> All right. Whoa. It's not my fault I'm a shitty producer. Okay, here we go. We're going to roll a dice. We're doing Force Entrollment. Uh, that's our main uh, first segment of the show. We roll these 20-sided die. High roll defends the book, movie, show that we're talking about this week, which is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Low roll attacks it, regardless of how we actually feel. So, Travis, let's roll them puppies. See what we get. Wait. Mine fell out of the dice box. Should I count the number? No, you gotta re-roll it, dog. 
gotta be intentional. It depends if it was a critical or not. Unless it was a one, then it counts. It wasn't a critical. This is what I got. That's exactly what I rolled. No way, Dad. That's out of the box, but then I rolled again and I got a twelve. <laughs> All right. So I think it's rigged, just like the NFL, because the Washington Commanders definitely won because of the refs. And you weren't even watching the game. <laughs> you were on this show. <laughs> Shut up. No, but it's a true Philadelphia fan who's just like, I don't need to watch the game. It was rigged. Yeah. Yeah, fire that's true. Fire them all. Go Birds. Fire a lot of them. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go fire birds. birds. All right. Let's do You want to do a reroll? Is that what you want? Let's do it. don't like the refs? You already did. <laughs> well, this time I rolled a 920, so. Oh, my God. I rolled God. a 13, so one higher. Ooh. Yeah. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> matters. <laughs> in space. In space. Jeremy. In space. Start the timer. Oh, that. <laughs> All right. Jeremy's gonna put us on a ten-minute timer. At the conclusion of the timer, we're gonna get cut off, even if we're mid-sentence. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey. All right. So we got entrollment. It's happening in three, two, one. Go. All right, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Let's be real. It's Fantasy 101. Uh, if you're a fantasy fan and you started reading fantasy as a kid, this is likely one of the places where your fantasy journey began. Uh, it was for me. It was for countless other people in the world. And it's a great way to get into fantasy because it's written by one of the OGs of the genre. I mean, like Travis was telling us before the show, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, they're they're kind of the two big granddaddies of the fantasy genre. I mean, it pretty much literally didn't exist until they came along. And you can ask uh, pretty much any author about that back in the day. You know, they, they basically invented it. All the things. So when you read this, you might think, oh, it's really tropey. Well, that's because they invented all the tropes that are still used today. And that is biblical allegory. That is... Um, dwarves, elves, as we know them. A lot of the uh, Eurocentric folklore that has found its way into like 90% of fantasy that was written from Tolkien's era on to the modern era. It's all in there because of these guys. These guys pretty much created this and popularized this genre of writing. And it, their stories were so powerful. Narnia, The Chronicles of Narnia and The Lord of the Rings that they did. They created an entire genre, and it's one of the most popular genres out today. I mean, it's one of my favorite genres. And so we have C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien to thank for that. So that's, uh, I mean, my first point, and it's obviously a pretty big one. So thank you, C.S. Lewis, for writing one of the, you know, pinnacles of my favorite genre next to horror. I, I appreciate you. Appreciate you for that. And yeah. then there's there's more things that I like about it. There's more things that I like about it. First of all, this book is very much written for children. Um, but I feel like C.S. Lewis wrote this story in a way that wasn't condescending, which I really appreciate. Uh, a lot of the times when people write children's books, there's a big difference between a child's book and a young adult book, and then a young adult book to an adult book. I feel like C.S. Lewis did a good job of bridging that gap. He writes to children, but he isn't condescending to them, as in he treats them like equals who can understand a story. 
without being told literally everything that's going on. He kind of like, it's a great intro into reading deeper into his story. So that's why, that's my first points. I'm just doing the Robert De Niro over here the whole time. There's a TikTok out there, and I'm leaving. I'm going. <laughs> um, there's a TikTok out there where it's like, it's an interview with Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, I can't remember the actress Michelle Sarah Michelle Geller, and they're being interviewed about Scooby Doo, and she goes into it, and she's like, it wasn't like a children's movie. It was like a deep kind of analysis of what that cartoon was supposed to be and all of that i think that's tolkien right and then the video goes over to freddie prince jr and he's like it's a movie about a talking dog you know (laughs) (laughs) that's me (laughs) (laughs) so tolkien didn't feel like there was enough of a mythos in europe and so he created an entire basically his own Bible with the Silmarillion, several languages, deep characters, a whole backstory of how the universe was created. And then once he'd done all of that world building, he put pen to paper for The Hobbit and it shows. Lewis just was like, I wanna make the Bible, but (laughs) instead of Jesus, it's gonna be a talking lion. And Santa Claus is going to be in it. Why? <laughs> because. And he's just going to give all these kids weapons. Because why not? Nobody wants um, okay, Nobody wants winter without Christmas. All right. Um, sure. Worst thing imaginable. <laughs> Worst thing imaginable. Without Father Christmas. But I don't know. I think, yes, he is a titan of the fantasy genre, which is not just one of my favorites. It is my favorite, definitively, favorite genre. But I think we have to get to the point where we we um, acknowledge that sometimes the Titans are no longer as good as they used to be. I rewatch black and white movies, and yes, they're fun for nostalgia's sake, but like, some Marilyn Monroe does not hold up anymore because it was made for a different time, and I think that's a lot of what Lewis is. Mm-hmm. Kids' books are written better now. They aren't just direct allegories of the Bible. His His whole thing is not subtle, and here's why. Lewis is a fantastic theologian. Lewis's nonfiction is so good. Mm. The Great Divorce, the Screwtape Letters, the Four Loves. I could reread those books night and day. They're so good. Okay. But he tried to take that and put it into a fantastical children's fairy tale, and it doesn't work as well because... Yes, it's biblical allegory. Yes, he's trying to tell a very explicit Christian message, but trying to disguise it with this kind of fairy tale setting doesn't work because it's too blunt. So you lose the story for the theology, and you don't get the full theology because you're trying to get the story. I think he should have just always stuck with his guns, which is that he's a fantastic Christian theologian. I'm telling everybody right now, Go read the screw tape letters and go read the great divorce. Even if you are Christian, there's some great philosophy in them. But the line, the wish, and the wardrobe, um, I think, is just it tried to be both, and in trying to be both, it did not balance them well. 
and they're both just kind of subpar. It's a subpar theology book and it's a subpar fantasy book that did create a lot of the industry and the tropes, but just because it's old doesn't mean it's good. Is it subpar or is it just for a younger audience that isn't ready to read the screw tape letters? You can't just give that to like a 10 year old and say, all right, listen, this is a good book. I don't care what you think about it. All right. This is a good book and you're going to read it. You're going to like it. That no kid. You maybe could have. No, you couldn't. That's where the fairy tales came from. Like kids, kids want to read stories. Like you can tell a, a, a story with all those messages and all those important themes. And if you have animals talking about it, kids are going to inherently be more interested. I mean, it's just like I was interested in animals as a kid. So were you. Like talking animals are cool. Let's just admit that. You know, there's a. I mean, that, that's not just for kids either. That's that's for adults too. There's a reason. Like eighty percent of heraldic symbols were an animal. You know, like rich guys were like, I really like ostriches. All right, <laughs> I'm. A, I saw this bird. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You're talking. You're saying they're both subpar. I'm saying they're for entirely different audiences. That doesn't make it subpar. That makes it, like I said, C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe, it's intro to fantasy. It's intro to fantasy. Kids have to start somewhere. They have to have their first allegory. They have to have their first fantasy story. This is where they start to learn about how to read deeper into those things. Those things, those deeper themes, those deeper messages, those are in there. C.S. Lewis put them in there. He's not doing Tell it me. subpar. He's doing it for a different audience. It's not ready to read the deeper stuff. Tell me a French author who also wrote fantastical stories of talking animals that were allegories for the English and French governments of the 1900s and 1800s. Brian Jacques is better than C.S. Lewis. <laughs> I would rather give my kid these days Redwall sure. than I would Narnia. Do you think Brian Jacques exists because of him? That's not a defense for Narnia. I'm not just defending Narnia. It's old, just because it's the foundation doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's better. I don't think it's better. That's what I'm saying, is things have gotten better. So we can't mm -hmm. sit here and say, oh, Narnia is a five star just because it's the foundation. No. Yes, thank you, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. But that doesn't mean your book is like still great like it just means mm. that it was one of the first so you you're arguing that it is no longer great or seminal to the genre no i'm arguing yes it's still seminal to the genre but it's not like if i'm to rank it as a fantasy book mm. straight up five star rating i'm gonna give it like a three two and a half because mm. now it's not as good because redwall exists because mm -hmm. percy jackson exists. 20 seconds but again, I would argue the genre didn't exist before C.S. Lewis and Tolkien. It's not a defense for its merit. Yes, it is. Like, yes, it is. No, it's it, not. Yes, it is. <laughs> the first people who played football aren't as good as football players now, but football wouldn't no, no. exist if they didn't play football. They made up the rules. Tolkien's different. <laughs> 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 Let's move on. Hey Jeremy, I hope you enjoy I hope you enjoy all that spike in audio. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love all that. Oh That's... yeah. Alright. The funny the funny thing is when it gets to like the what your actual opinions are. 
Oh, absolutely. I hate this book. Let's go. And I don't. (laughs) I hate it. I wanted to roll bad, so... Yeah, get it close to the mic. Yeah, get it. Get it right up in there. Are you ready? Audience? Travis can. I can't show my can yet. Oh, really? Really? I can tell you, though, my can is bigger. (laughs) (laughs) This? This is a 16. It's not. You got a bigger one. Is yours thirty? Is yours twenty-eight ounces bigger? Oh, I got a thirty-two. Oh, Oh, that a boy. I hope you check that too. I got a bed wetter. Oh boy. (laughs) All right. For this week, for us, we have a fitting. uh, This whole brewery is named after Aslan. Aslan Brewing in Billingham, Wa. There he is. Look at that guy. Lion Jesus. Lion Jesus repping hard. He died for your drunkenness. (laughs) Here he is. Look at Lion Jesus. Yeah, let's just have a good look at Lion Jesus. This is the Monarch Monarch IPA from Aslan. Look, if I have to worship Jesus... I'd rather the way I'm going. Yeah, I'd rather use a line. My Jesus is not going to stand with all that statement. (laughs) As a Christian, that's fair. My my Jesus. As Catholics, we want a Vatican III, and we want Aslan put in place of the crucifix in our church. Talk to P. Francis. (laughs) I'll hit him up. He's a rub. P. Francis. He's a Jesuit. He's he'll be down for it. Maybe. I don't know. Is that what Jesuits are into? Are the Jesuits just really into lions or C.S. Lewis? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Are we going to get into the history of why Colin was kind of right on that? (laughs) We might. Please. We're getting into everything, you know, on on fermented fiction. Including but not limited to beer. All right, let's... uh, Including but not limited to my beer. Yeah. That's your beer. beer. Which, let me tell you. Okay. Please, I hope you do. Everybody else. Is it a Foster's? Everybody else. It is not a Foster's. Ah. But listen, you're Australian put, for beer. put yourself in my shoes, okay? I'm 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 Are picturing you shoes because I'm not. Yeah, you got, got a nice lady coming over. Okay, you're All trying right. to impress your wife on date night. I'm uh-huh. trying to impress my girlfriend on date night. I'm like, what do I get? What's what's a beer that I want? Well, none other than the champagne. Of yeah, beer. Champagne. Living the high life, ladies and gentlemen. That is the a beautiful thing. That's a high roller right there. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, the champagne the of beer. For a beautiful $2. Travis is out here every week. We get to drink these nice craft beers. Brought to us by Special Brews. Listen, this Miller Time is brought to you by Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where you can go to the Miller Brewery. You can. Yeah. You can. It's there. a beautiful place. Waiting for you. Uh, our beers are brought to us by Special Brews. Yeah. Thank you, Special Brews. Yes, for thank you, Special Brews. Thank you, Special Brews, for sponsoring Fermented Fiction. Yeah. Our first Along with Cascade, Cascade Riders. You know it's the champagne of beers when it maybe looks like piss. <laughs> you know, that's actually what your piss is supposed to look like. Uh, yeah, doctors, no, doctors no, hold up is. your pee sample to the champagne of beers. Just they do. Double check. They do. There's uh, actually it's Corona when you when you uh, start working at Columbia. They have a, a little chart that says if your piss looks like water, you are overhydrated. If it looks like an ice cold Corona, you are hydrated. <laughs> if it looks like uh, look at the head on that thing. That's nice head, bro. Dear Lord. It's because it's champagne and beers. Yeah. It functions. Champagne and beers. Yeah. Also, uh, more beer history for you. Aslan Brewing 
is uh, I went to high school with its uh, founder. Okay. Mr. Jack Lamb. Mr. Jack Lamb, thank you very much. Your beers are wonderful. Good job. Sponsor. Good job. Yeah. Well, everyone knows you have to chug the champagne of beers with a pinky. Yeah. You do. That's why it's champagne. Travis. Dicks in space. Dicks in space. Dicks in space. Dicks in space. Oh, God, my God. Yeah, God, my God. God. Yeah, God, my God. That's how. Is he still breathing? How you doing? I do this every week. Three episodes in a row. Do you feel classier? I hope so. No, I feel like I'm probably going to get fired if anyone <laughs> You look classier, though. So. You might. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Listeners and viewers don't know that you're swapping with an O'Doul's underneath the table there. We know, though. We know. <laughs> I have a glass of water. We're privy to the slight. Also, what do we think about this beer? Very drinkable. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it seems very well-rounded. Hoppy. Fresh. Yeah, you get that hoppiness. There's a fresh sort of summery sort of vibe to it. Mm, yes. I could relax with this. Yeah, it's a nice, easy drinker IPA, mm. I feel like. Mm-hmm. If somebody said they didn't like IPAs, you know, this might be one that you could pour them that uh, would show them that, you know, IPAs are for everybody. A little, a little bit hoppier than the, uh, the hell bent. It was. But that was a hazy. Yeah, hazies are... Tend to be a little less hoppy, usually. Oh, oh, that was a hazy IPA. It was. My mistake. Yeah, it is. Hazy IPA. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Mine was not. Also, I believe... uh, Weirdly, Miller, the champagne beers is not particularly hoppy. No. No, it's not. It is also not hazy. Or alcoholic. How many IBUs do you have... Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ah, wow. Well. That's, that's where it is. I don't it know is. what you were doing, but I joined it. I was just looking in there, mm. seeing how much less clear it was than a high life. Anyway. Quite. Narnia. Quite less. <laughs> yeah, Narnia. All right, yeah, you uh, attack, so you go first. Oh. I, okay, I don't love Narnia, but I don't have very many gripes about it. I... And more on your side where I think it's foundational. I do think Tolkien did everything Lewis did, but better. Um, mm. Because I think Lewis kind of beats you over the head with his theology. And that's because he legitimately, I will stand by the statement I've made. If you have not read any of Lewis's nonfiction or theology, it is really, really good. Mm. I was telling Clay about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was. about the screw tape letters specifically, and also, but the Great Divorce is what I was trying to remember the name of. The Great Divorce is one of the best like Christian theological texts I've ever read. Hmm. Um, it's it does what Dante's Inferno did, but like better and for a modern yeah. audience. Yeah, interesting. Um, anyway, so the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I think I err more on like the side that you were trying to defend is that he was trying to take a lot of these principles that he very deeply believed in, and write them for a younger audience. Mm-hmm. I also think this might be an unfair defense, but I don't think it's a book that can be read in a bubble. I think it's made better with each subsequent novel that he wrote in the series. Like mm-hmm. Narnia as a whole 
is very much better than just yeah. the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You're going to lose um, a lot of the allegory when you only you read the first part of it. If you don't make it to the end where, like, the the souls kind of travel on and you get the train wreck and all of that, and that kind of, like, circles back to the point of the whole first book, spoilers, is, um, like, the whole heaven allegory, then it's not as good, but I do think he did a good job with what he was trying to do. Where I think Tolkien did better is that Tolkien doesn't beat you over the head with a ball-peen hammer with philosophical idealism. But he does beat you over the head with Tom Bombadil. He beats you over the head with a different hammer. Yeah, with a different so do you want Tom? Do you want chapters of Tom Bombadil? The or nice a thing Lion, a Witch, and a Wardrobe? The nice thing about well, Tom the Bombadil funny thing is, is you can just skip it. <laughs> the funny thing is, Tom Bombadil is C.S. Lewis. They both wrote each other into their books, and Tom really? Bombadil is C.S. Lewis. Oh, that's awesome. And Tol- Tolkien is Mr. Badger. Okay. Oh. All right. Look at this right. guy just this blowing minds left all, and right. He all about the inkling. Hard-hitting facts on fermented fiction from Travis. Oh, boy. We'll have you tell us about the inklings, but... Oh, man. Look at you. Finish that and tell us You're all really about the theology of autobiographies and fiction. Up. As you guys tell your opinion, i got to look this up and make sure I'm right on, on who was who. All right, here's my real opinion. Uh, like I said, this is the intro to fantasy, but should it be? Uh, I think this book's actually pretty terrible. Uh, it's so full of like these old ideas that are much better off dead. For example, Lucy, the supposed main character, uh, is, I guess, uh, kind of like C.S. Lewis's granddaughter or niece or whoever it was that he wrote the book for, supposedly. She brings everyone to Narnia. She's the one that gets everybody there. And then as soon as she meets Aslan, he's like, thank you for bringing me a guy. Go put on a dress. (laughs) And uh, he gives all the important jobs to the eldest male of the family. I mean, C.S. Lewis grew up in a time where he didn't even know that was wrong, so whatever. But I think it's pretty gross, like, going back and rereading it now. I I thought, like, that... I don't think that's really... Like, if I had a kid, I would not have them read this book as Intro to Fantasy. I would have them read Redwall, like you said, because... I was wrong. Yeah, super gross. (laughs) What? C.S. Lewis's Treebeard. Whoa. Oh, okay, that sounds about right. Good, because Treebeard is a way better character than Tom Bombadil. This is Treebeard. Also, isn't Tolkien Treebeard who takes like a million pages to tell you anything? <laughs> Where, like, uh, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, I interrupted. What, continue. Anyway, that's why I don't like oh, Clay's just yeah. shitting all over this book. It's a great book. I would read it to my kids. Trash book. And nieces and cousins. Look, I it, watch the movie ingrain, ingrain them with stealthy sexism. Go for it. Also, the beavers, not, super racist. Not stealthy, yes, it was super racist, but, like... <laughs> okay, there Santa... There are outdated ideas. Of like, Santa gives, gives the girls weapons, and he's like, now don't use these too much, not because it's dangerous for children to fight in a war, but because it's unpleasant when women do combat mm-hmm. that's literally what santa says it's literally the reason he he gives her a bow he's like this bow's really powerful don't shoot it a whole lot because you have a vagina <laughs> uh you though you with the penis here's a sword go kill that wolf over there your Seven. sister's up a tree even though she has a bow that 
I guess could also kill the wolf, but she's a good girl. She's listening to her instructions and not shooting it. Good, good girl. That uh, she looks great in that dress. You go kill that wolf for her, cause you're a boy. Get after it. I yeah, he, thought it was stupid. He definitely stupid. does have many outdated ideas on gender roles. Um, and I do think Tolkien. That's another thing Tolkien did better. Like Tolkien still has those out, outdated ideas. Like you never mm-hmm. see a female character who's. Actually, that's not true. Eowyn. Eowyn. Um, Eowyn. <laughs> uh, besides, other than a- Eowyn, well, Galadriel was not a wolf. That's the TV show's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a whole other bag. <laughs> but he had She was a ring holder, though. Brought to you by Ulta. She was a ring holder. She was a powerful female character. She didn't fight. She's never no. been like a war scene, but she's a powerful female character who holds a whole kingdom of elves. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say about Galadriel. Not that she yeah. was a warrior, but that she was very important a female leader. And like, no, not, that wasn't like a, that wasn't like a, what was that? Yeah, she was powerful and she didn't have to rely on hyper-masculinity to do it. Right. So that's yes. weirdly progressive. <laughs> yes. But I think though at the time, like, I mean, it is two boys and two girls. That alone is kind of unusual in this sort of fiction printed at that time. You know, so like, it, I mean, there are a lot of stories, King Arthur style, that are fantasy, that were well-known that involve, uh, you know, uh, monsters and and are like children's fairy tales, and they're all male-centric completely. And I think yeah. he needs to be given, Lewis has to be given some credit that his story does have major female characters integral to the story and the storyline and what happens. Yes, it's still sexist in various ways, but it's a whole hell of a lot better than other stuff that was at that same time. Yeah. Such as? I mean, if you think of fairy tales pre The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, any female character that's in a leading role is usually yeah. asleep. Yeah, I mean, for the two climax. named females <laughs> that talk to one another, it's just not there in no, that sort no, of stuff. No 18, 1700s fairy tale passed the Bechtel test. I mean, I can't, exactly. I can't think of any, like, I can't think of any story right then. I'll have to do some research, but. But I mean, neither does this. But I mean, well, look at, look at like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, right? Like Sherlock Holmes. I I mean, that was slightly before this time. And well, actually it was like 50 years prior, but. I mean, that's that's kind of popular stuff in that time. And, you know, there's not a whole lot. And even even Victorian novels written by famous female figures, um, you know, there's not two named female characters that talk to one another. Mm-hmm. And this yeah, way there are. I don't know. I think there is a lot of outdated. It's hard to talk about Lewis without talking about Tolkien for me, because I lumped them into that that writing group that was the Inklings. Um, but I would say, I to to veer to the movie. I think the movie actually did a pretty damn good job of modernizing the story a little bit, but mm-hmm. not so much that it was obvious. Making it still for kids. Like I rewatched it in at Villanova. Um, full disclosure: I did not rewatch it before this episode, but I watched it like a year ago at Villanova for a theology and film night. And I was like, yeah, this is a kid's movie. This is not Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring. Like, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> but but it's it's good for what it is. Like, I was mm-hmm. entertained. The action sequences are pretty choppy and, like, definitely PG. 
mm-hmm. but they're well done. The acting's a little meh, but like for kids, it's fine. And I think it's a great intro. I think that movie in particular did exactly what C.S. Lewis's story did for the time it was made. And that is, I want my kid to get into fantasy. I'm going to sit him on the couch and make him watch The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, I want to be Peter. Or, if you know, oh, my God, I want to be... You'll want to be Peter. Why would you want to be anyone else? I want to be Peter. You want to be Edmund? You'll want to be Peter, or you could be the dickhead, or either of the girls. That's yeah. Let's talk about Edmund. Friggin' Turkish delight is not even that good. It's really not good. (laughs) Okay, that's how does like they're not from Earth, anybody, and he's like, oh, I'd like some Turkish delight. No person anywhere is like, what? What is? What are you talking about? I don't understand we what, love that too. what these words are or what they mean together. <laughs> you have to explain yourself. They're that's just like, right. oh yeah, no worries. You can have as much Turkish delight as you wanna. Dude, that's <laughs> where I'm saying the Freddie Prince Jr. thing and the sermon. Like that's the analogy I was yeah. making. He's just—it's about a talking dog, yo. Know? Like that's <laughs> what I imagine. Those those two conversations. I imagine Tolkien just reading that and being like, "How does the witch know what Turkish delight is?" And C.S. Lewis is like, "It yeah. doesn't matter." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and people are the like, witch just knows what he means, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. just get over it. Clay was detecting uh, problematic writing in uh, fairy tale last episode. And uh, I'm sure you just couldn't stand the writing errors in this one. <laughs> well, when it's written for children, for children, you give I it guess a pass. I kind of like give it a little more of a pass. But yeah, I mean, I didn't like it. <laughs> I thought the same thing as Jerry because they go when she says, "I'm from the wardrobe." The satyr's like, hey, hey, "This country of wardrobe," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, a good one." But you know what? Fucking Turkish delight is so yeah, said- <laughs> whatever. He says like, oh, from the from the native spare room. Um, ah, yeah. yes. So funny. Anyway, it's so never funny. Christmas here. I have questions. Why do you know what Christmas is? Yeah, why do you know what Christmas is? Like you have Aslan, but do you have? Is there Jesus? Is there a Jesus there? Also, also why does C.S. Lewis like Jesus Christmas? Thing that's a you know. Well, why does C.S. Lewis like Christmas? It's really just a bastardization of numerous pagan celebrations so that Christians you know, could get pagan stuff. people in line. Like, that's what Christmas that, was. It was like, you know what, go ahead and have your holiday, but we're going to make it about Jesus now. Uh, is that... That's what Christmas is, the modern Christmas. Like, why does why does he like it? By that time, it would have been enough that even, like... Yeah, like theologians today like, are still going to celebrate Christmas, even though they know... That, yeah. that was like <laughs> they know what they're Trump doing. Started, they know what they're celebrating. This whole resurrection like, of Christmas. Yeah. I guess in a way, it's celebrating a Christian win. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, we're but still here. Also, and all your holidays are just it's like... It's just you know, older magic, guys. Older there's old magic, here? and there's older magic. Yeah, there's that. There's the magic, then there's the deep magic, and then there's the deep... Deep. <laughs> deep. deep magic. Yes, you've forgotten the deeper magic. The deep magic. Oh, oh that magic is deeper, The deep magic to me, which is <laughs> there when it was written. <laughs> anyway. Tell you That's how Aslan, Aslan probably also knows oh what Turkish delight is. That's deep magic stuff. That's also <laughs> deep magic stuff. That's such deep magic. <laughs> Do the Christmas thing. Think about it as a party, okay? Because, like, 
I'm speaking from a theologian hat here. Think about it as a party. You're is that one hat red with a little white ball on it? I'm going to imagine that it okay. is. <laughs> you go to a party and everybody's just generally kind of Christian. And you're the one like Christian theologian. And everybody's like, oh, are you celebrating Christmas? You are the one you think that's like, well, actually, Christmas <laughs> isn't <laughs> a Christian holiday per se. In fact, Jesus was probably born in the spring. No, you're just like, yeah, sure. I love Christmas. I love presents. <laughs> yeah, bring them on. You have eggnog or what? Yeah, of course. Of course. Tolkien would be the um actually guy. Yeah. Mm. Tolkien would um actually until your balls fell 100%. off. I like that he's trying to write C.S. Lewis's Treebeard, but I think he totally accidentally wrote himself. I can't get over this now. If anyone's Treebeard, it's Tolkien. Right? Am I right? I mean, probably. I mean, we didn't know them personally, so maybe not. I don't know. I know his writing. He writes like Treebeard would write. Oh, man. Yeah. The Inklings. The Inklings. Great group. Did you ever find out who the other Inkling? Okay, you're on it. Oh, let me find it. Yeah. I'm on Googling, and we can talk about if anybody's... Look, there's there's 100% less songs in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe than The Lord of the Rings, so... Which is fine. And that's yeah, that's, that's, that's totally fine by me. That's a good thing, by me. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You, you want 100% more songs in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? I mean, the... You want to know what I want? I want a true adaptation of Tolkien. I want a freaking Lord of the Rings musical. That's what I want. <laughs> it would pretty much be a musical, yeah. Yeah, it kind of would yeah. be. That would be great, actually. Like, why isn't the Lord of the Rings a musical? It could be. You hear us, people out there in the world that make musicals? Like, yeah. Do so. Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Manuel. Where are you at? Do it. Lin Man. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Please. All right. He's heard us. So, and, uh, yeah, he, he's the third most famous obviously watches this show. The third inkling. The third inkling, yeah. The third most famous member of the inklings was an author named Charles Williams, who probably people don't know very well. How would you know that person? That's the most generically English name I've ever heard. <laughs> it's two English he first wrote, names. <laughs> he wrote War in Heaven, The Place of the Lion, The Greater Traps, and Descent into Hell. He's, a, he's also a theologian. And then Owen Barfield. Was name. Owen Barfield. Now that's a good name. These are some very British names. <laughs> yes. His major works were The Silver Trumpet. Okay. History of English Words. And the Rusty Trumpet. Riveting. And Greek Thought in English Words. <laughs> wow. What? Riveting stuff. All right. Riveting stuff. Your boy yeah. loved some yeah. words. The English were the really most... good at putting other people's thoughts into their own words. <laughs> that was kind of... Here is what the Greeks think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those silly Greeks. I what? saw a video the other day that was like, what if Egyptians treated like... What if the Egyptians had treated the English like they treat... Like, just showing up and being like, look at this wonderful Nordic art. It's ours now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take it back to Cairo and put it in a building forever. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, that was on last week's night with John Oliver. He's like, "Welcome to the museum where we just take your stuff." Yeah, you yeah, can have it back are. if you come here <laughs> and look at it and look at it and pay us to look at it first. You can have it back <laughs> if you can prove to us that you can take care of it. Not that great of a guy. 
that was that was an annoying point for me is that at, at points to Tolkien who basically set out to invent a new mythology clearly based on Nordic and uh, and you know Northern European mythology uh, and paganism but like completely reset it in in various ways and then C.S. Lewis in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is like and then the Peter the Fenris Slayer because he killed a wolf and Fenris is a wolf in uh, Norse mythology so I'm just gonna throw that in there for my friend Tolkien yeah <laughs> and Tolkien must have just been so angry <laughs> kind of just a lame you know, like reference that yeah you know, know. he definitely name drops all over the place like uh, and, and dryads and narads and <laughs> he's essentially Eminem you know just like if you weren't alive in the 90s you aren't gonna understand a good chunk of Eminem's lyrics he's just like what were the enemies in the army they were the whole monster manual from D&D pour it out Colin you've, you've led me to this and I think it's true the modern equivalent of Lewis is uh, J.K. Rowling. Mm. Think I about can it. See that? Yeah. What did she do? She made she made a solid fantasy story with a very bare bones understanding of Latin and <laughs> Greek mythology. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what did you name your werewolf character? Ramus Lupin. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true. That's 100% true. Yeah, it's. Every spell is just a lumping willow for what it does. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Harry Potter is just a masterclass in writing something down and then never thinking about it ever again for as long (laughs) as you live. Well, it's gotten out of her hands because now there's this expanded universe and people are starting to be like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, yes, because there's not a world underneath. That's why you remember it. It is it's a, a good story. You just can't dig too deep into it. Was, uh, it. It's as striking and memorable as it is fundamentally bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that was your point about Tolkien. He he built this giant world, and I don't think you have to do that. By the way, I don't no, think that you no. can't have a good story. I mean, I don't think you have to do that. You do not. You absolutely no, it's do a requirement. Not. You, you need to, to invent that. three languages yeah. for every book. Either. You don't even have to go. Obviously, Tolkien goes to the actual extreme. Like <laughs> he's the actual extreme end of the spectrum, and they call George Martin the American Tolkien for a reason. He does the same thing. His literal novel of backstory that yep. they're now making TV shows about because he won't finish his f***ing series. So, like, Tolkien's the same thing. You could go super deep into Tolkien, and they're making a whole show on oh. it. They can go forever, forever on Tolkien if they want because there's so the, much work. Like, I'll give a middle finger to Christopher Tolkien because in all in all, all evidence points to the fact that J.R.R. did not want the Silmarillion to ever be published. That right. was just his backstory. And his son was like, oh, my dad's dead now. I'm just going to cash this check. <laughs> yeah. And hey. people like, Travis are going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> he was <Twice>. right. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> yep, he knew that you would buy it two different times. Yeah. He was counting on it. But I don't think Lewis was like that. And I think that to tie it back, like I think Narnia is, Narnia is to Game of Thrones what Harry, like, if Game of Thrones, if the modern Tolkien is George Martin, then the modern Lewis, to me, would be 
J.K. Rowling because she was just like, hey, I'm going to write this very digestible story in a very fun world. And if you dig too deep, it's not going to make any sense. But the point isn't to dig too deep. The point is to just take the allegory of face value and have fun with it. And that's what Narnia is. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tolkien, if you dig deep, you find out that literally every tree has a good name. <laughs> that's crazy. You do find uh, that I out. Think, yeah. <laughs> the Balrogs have to do with Morgoth? What does Morgoth have to do with Sauron? But wait, what, but then what is Sauron? But he, where did he, but if Sauron is that, then, then what? What? They're all, can, they're all from a different planet? Which one is God? Wait, how many Earths? This is just Middle Earth. Where's Upper and Lower Earth? Oh, they're there. Yeah, I just, you know, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. This Tolkien's trees, imagine. So the trees Absolutely. are <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Watching the Rings of Power, you just fall down that YouTube rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At first, I'm like, I'm just gonna watch this five minute video that explains it, and then it's like a 20 minute, and then a 40 minute video by another guy, and then an hour long video oh. by another guy. And then you could go to Cascade Writers and bring it up to somebody and get a whole, like, three-hour monologue on Orc Erotica. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Me and Colin were at uh, Cascade Writers Conference last summer, and there was uh, one writer who was very Tolkien-educated, and he was... I I made the blunder of uh, criticizing how it is that the dwarves Uh, eat. Where do you grow anything when you live in caves? Well, if you ever want to know, I now oh, I got an answer. This guy told us, you, and it took three you hours. Didn't know that? Boy, did I get an answer! Are you even a real fan if you don't know that? Absolutely not. Absolutely. You didn't read the twelve appendices to the formation of the dwarven clan. Well, that's on you, bro. I am just a complete <laughs> f- up. Yeah, absolutely, jabroni. <laughs> Total jabroni, <laughs> bumbling through Middle Earth over here like Tom. I just middle. own the merch. Put on your brown robe and shut the hell up. <laughs> you don't deserve to be white. Oh, you're saying play. <laughs> yeah. You're saying play because of. I wish I didn't say. Uh, what am I saying? The out- Please tell me what I'm saying. Please out- tell me it's better than you don't deserve to be white. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying because of the outdated idealism of gender roles that this is a this is a one for you or two? Where are you putting it? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's a two. I mean, I I'd say it's like a yeah, it's like a three. You know, like I'd still say it's a good story. No, I'm, I'm not, not saying it's a two. I'm not. There's, like if we're on a five point scale, there's a massive difference between a two and a three, and I think that's what people. That's the fundamental problem with the five point scale. Huge. Huge. I'd say huge. I'd go as far as huge. three and a quarter stars. Because I would. it is if you read the if you listen to the audiobook, it's like the most aggressively British oh, anything yeah. you've ever heard in your life. That's very true. That's very like, true. <laughs> it almost sounds like you're being lectured to the reader on there. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. It it is always really awkward listen you know. And I don't know, someone who's very Oxford English so accent doing kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reading You're children, practically in a classroom. Yeah. 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 Which I did listen to at that point. She stumbled upon the wardrobe and found that it was furs all the way back, and she said, Mr. Tumnus. Yeah. <laughs> it is rough. Oh. I, 
I find it weird that I feel like we disagreed so much in our argument and discussion, but we're going to give it the same. Like, I'd still give it a three. It's not yeah. a four. It's not a five. It's, like, fundamental to the genre, and it's good, but it's not great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the Hobbit's, the Hobbit's a four, yeah, for sure, or almost a five. I mean, The Hobbit's great. The Hobbit is far better than this, in my opinion. Yes. There's a big, a big gap between the two. I would say if there's like a low end of being a three, that's what this is, and the Hobbit is high end. I would of put, four. and I would put it, I would put it at the high end of three, and the Hobbit at the high at end. Three of point. Four. There's where we divide. Three point nine. Low end of three. Four point one. Twenty nine. Sorry, new girl. Twenty nine. No. Twenty nine. So, yeah, I don't know. It's right in the middle because, again, you can't, like, write it off. It is seminal. It is uh, a, a founding uh, a founding father, uh, to just keep it nice and sexist, uh, of the genre. And But still, like, I wouldn't want to start my kids on it because I think there are some outdated ideas in there that, frankly, so what, could be done away with. What would be your recommendation? For starting my kids? Redwall. Yeah. 100%. Redwall. Redwall is great. Redwall has strong characters of every gender. Um, and you know, I'm not going to talk too much about it. I should reread it <laughs> before I try to champion it too much. But there are definitely some Redwalls where the main character is female. Lots of them, actually. So I know. Honestly, I'm going to have a. I don't know about Redwall itself, though. I don't, I've spent a long time I since remember. I read that. I don't remember. I will say, though, I think. If I'm recommending just Lewis, I'm gonna it, I'm gonna start my kids on the movie. I'm not gonna have yeah. it on the book. Yeah, the movie was the movie was better. better. The book. It's weird to yeah. say that, but it is. Yeah, I'm I mean, gonna start my kids on the movie. Reading this book, I I get the you know impulse to like read it to to someone young, you know. Well, I mean that's what it's written. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean I you know that was C.S. Lewis's goal, and he nailed it. A story to read to your kids. Colin gives it a five. Yeah. Five out of five. Yeah, it's a, it's a five you're out of five. You're talking to two people, Colin. You're talking to some siblings. You know what book our mother read to us when we were very young? Was it a Stephen King? Watership <laughs> Down. Watership Down. Oh, nice. Watership Down, which was... Jesus. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. Super dark. Yeah. <laughs> Super dark. Yeah. Uh, I never knew how I become so pessimistic, but now I do. Now I do. Because at the end, we all die alone. And mom taught me that when I was like f***ing five years old. <laughs> and then she read you uh, The Road and yeah. The Last Hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could show you my bookshelf, I have the entire collection of Cormac McCarthy. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, you do. He's up there. Man. Yeah. Your, your, your head is messed up now. Yeah, well, good job, everybody. We've done it. We love our mother. We we, we do, we do. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's what we got. We got the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. That's what we think about it. Lions, witches, wardrobes. They they were there in that book. Lion Jesus. Lion Jesus. Lion Jesus beats evil lady. Praise at lion the end Jesus. Of the day. Lion Praise Jesus. lion Jesus. Lion Jesus died for your stuff. Praise him. He died for your beer. <laughs> Thank you, Aslan, for making organic beer. That's really tasty. Good job. Yeah. Are we saying bye? Yeah, We're Jesus only bye. turned water into wine, so. Thank you, Miller High Life, for being the sh. <laughs> <laughs> they did. 
They really did. All right. I mean, Goodbye, everybody. We did. It. You didn't give it the review uh, that you gave uh, Cole Forty Five. That's for sure. What review did he give? In two zigzags. I, uh, I think Travis's review of Cole Forty Five was. Uh, a painful. I one time helped my dad siphon gas. <laughs> this was worse. <laughs> and this was. This is the same experience. Yeah. The, do you have a? Dare I say allegory to Miller High Life to real life? You know, anything that'll lose us the sponsor. I mean, what what is your number one so far? Best beer you've had. What is my favorite one of the crappy beers I've been drinking? Yeah. I like. I regularly drink Corona. There you go. Like I, I yeah. very regularly. I agree. Six packs. Of like I, I don't drink lots of Coronas, and they're just fine. Corona was not a joke to me. Corona was like, oh, I, this was in my fridge already. So I need. <laughs> <laughs> you actually bought Corona on your own. Not for I this did. show, which he chugs, he chugs Corona every day. Just he sucked it down, it no down. problem. Sucked it down, no he problem. He slams that and yells, Garbagog! He does, and that's how you Gar-gog. defeat evil. Yeah. That's All right, this show's over. Goodbye. Bye, <laughs> we suck at this.